Welcome to our Everyday Nest, and today we're going to talk about Rachel. What happened to your brain after you met him? I'm Rachel. I'm Misty. And this is our Everyday Nest. Uh, um, I think we should, so I think we should give them some background on, on the scenario, like, how I met Stephen. You were away, you were in Florida, right? Yes, I had taken a bunch of kids down there with my sister while she had some schooling to attend. So I was just here, it was just me and one of my little brothers up here with my dad. And my dad had dad had actually left for that weekend too, and I was staying with Grandma and Grandpa. Yeah, no, I don't think he left, I think he was just working, so he would go with Grandma and Grandpa during the day. Yeah. And, um, no, I was staying the night there because I remember. Okay. It's a um, big part of this story. Yeah, it's... <laughs> So, well, I wasn't really looking for a boyfriend at the time or like that. How old were you? I was 15. You had like just turned 15 because you birthday's just at the beginning of summer. This we, was... met, we met in July, like July, we went July 18th and my birthday was May 26th. I was starting college the next, like a month from then. No, I think you were in college, weren't you? Cause oh, yes, I was taking summer classes. classes. Yeah, that's what right. was going on. Okay. Oh, so you were a college girl? I was a 15-year-old college girl. Um, so, yeah, I was at the fair. I wasn't really looking... I wasn't looking for a boyfriend. I think I was looking for, like, a friend. You know, someone who wasn't so dramatic as the friends I'd been with. Someone a little more stable, and I guess... And I was like... I'd been talking to God, and I was like, God, I, I feel lonely. I need this friend. I don't know if you knew that, but I'd been feeling really lonely, just, I don't know. That's another topic we should talk about, is how homeschoolers feel during the high school years. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, keep going on this story. Can of worms. So, um, so a couple of our friends introduced us, and I kind of got giddy, and, and we set up a meeting. Well, they kind of helped us set up the okay, meeting. Okay, yeah, so set this up. Go ahead, tell the story. Well, I was, so I was wandering around, um. One of my friends, one of those dramatic friends I was just talking about, whom I, I love dearly, uh, her name's Megan, she, she had abandoned me, well, ditched me, to go, to go, we were at the fair, and she was showing, she was showing rabbits, and she had left me to go show this guy how to show a rabbit, and so she left, and I was just alone, and I mean, I knew a lot of people at the fair, it was our county fair, and so everywhere you looked, there was someone you knew, and, and I was chatting with some friends that I ran across, and all of a sudden, um, a couple young men, Justin and Adam, Adam I didn't know at the time, but Justin had been a friend of mine, they came up to me and they're like, hey, we, we have this friend, he's really awkward and shy around girls, and we think it would be hilarious if you just come and flirt with him and pretend like you like him just to make him uncomfortable. So that's the kind of guy, girl they thought you were? No, I, I don't, I told them I wouldn't be good at that, I, I was like, um... <laughs> I was kind of nervous, but I was like, you know what? I have nothing better to do. I'm here. I don't... And it was, like, fair. So everybody gets fair fever. Right. So you act a little differently at your county fair than you would... Anywhere else. Right. So I said yes, and I went with them, and they introduced us, and he was, at the time, just this scrawny little... Punk? Te- I mean... Teenage... Teenage boy. Yeah, he was kind of... I mean, I agree. He could have been a little... <laughs> he was funny... <laughs> And I don't know, we were both really shy, and they were right, he was shy, but but I was just as shy, and so Adam and Justin kind of facilitated it, like, they were like, oh, you guys, Stephen, have you been on rides yet? And 
He was like, no, I haven't been on rides yet. They're like, Rachel, what about you? And I was like, no. And they're like, you guys should do it tomorrow. You're like, okay. I mean, I'll go on rides. No one else would go on rides with me. And they're like, you guys should give each other your numbers so you can meet up tomorrow. And we're like, okay, I guess we'll give each other our numbers. So this whole time we're just kind of being quiet and just do, following their lead. And, and they left. And we, mom was, you were still gone. And that night I was staying at my grandma's. I remember, mm-hmm. and um, I was I was sleeping in my grandma's room, and the middle of the night, my phone starts buzzing, like ringing, and it wasn't. It was just laying on like the bedstand, and I look at it, it's Sam, like who wasn't even at the fair, and I pick it up, and I go, "What is up, Sam? Like, what's going on?" And she goes, "And this will be another thing we'll talk about: phone rules, and why this phone call came in at the middle of the night." And she goes, "Rachel, I heard you met a guy. Like, oh my goodness, what's going on?" At this point, sorry. At this point, I was the first of my group of friends to kind of have a guy. Well, Kaylee isn't like a relationship with guy, but it was really weird for me because I was homeschooled. That you know, I wasn't the like had this social prowess that everyone was. I don't know. I just wasn't that kind of person, and so they were all surprised. And Sam was like, "Okay, I'm coming over tomorrow." When she found out that we were meeting up again, and so she came over, and the next day we went to fair and. That night, was like, it awkward to have a girlfriend there while you were like gonna go ride rides with this guy? Yes, so he comes at eight o'clock, and it's Sam and Megan, one of my other friends, these two girls, and they followed us the whole time. Me and him were walking, like we went to walk on the ride. <laughs> They're following us, like giggling behind us, that just was like a, a job, girl. like five steps back, and we get in line, and they just like stand there outside of the line watching us, <laughs> and then we get on our first ride and. My, my grandma calls me and says, you know, it's time to go. And I was like, no, we can't leave yet. He just got here. And I was like, did grandma I'm... know you were meeting that guy? Or like, did you say that to grandma? We can't leave yet. He just got here. Like, did she know that you had met up with a guy on the fairgrounds? I don't think so. I oh, said we, I was just getting on the ride. Um, I don't know. I think she probably, she probably kind of knew. She had, huh? she, she had four daughters, right? She probably kind right, of knew. She wasn't dumb. She knew the fairgrounds. Uh, and I was like, okay, I'll, can I see if my dad will pick me up? So I called dad, and he was like, no, what are you, no, just go home with grandma. What do you need to stay at the fair for? You didn't even want to go to the fair the day before. And I was like, and so I was upset. And we got off, and Stephen walked me back to grandma's car, and grandma was her weird self, like, taking pictures of him. And my little brother Joe was, like, attacking him with a sword, and he kind of just walked away and, like, smiled and... And then we texted, and that night when we got home, Dad, I came in, and Sam was there. Sam went home with me. We were waiting for her mom to come pick her up, and I'm just kind of like, I guess, I don't know. I didn't think I was acting weird, but Dad said that I was, like, grinning and just looked kind of weird. And Sam was the one who was like, so Rachel met a guy. (laughs) And I was like, oh, my goodness. Thank goodness. So that's kind of how it came out. I don't know. I wasn't, it was as much of a surprise for me, like, and we just kind of started talking, and we had a lot in common. Okay. So, um, let's talk about things we talked about growing up. Wait, first I want to hear your side. When you, it kind of came to light for you. How did you feel? Um, well, I was a little upset at Grandma for letting you run around the fair on the Midway. We don't go on the Midway. I was 50, I was going to college in downtown Grand Rapids I know, I know. at the time. But, um... 
I guess I knew it was going to come sooner or later, but I wasn't quite ready for it yet, I don't think. Do you I, think you ever would have been ready for it? I mean, there's going to be a point where I'm like, it is time for you to move out. And honestly, as a mom... But do you want me to get to that point before I, like, take my own no, initiative? No, 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 no. But I, as a mom, I would rather you move out because you were getting married than to be going to college or to be... Um, there's a little bit of comfort as a mom to know that there's a man that's going to be there to protect you and to take care of you when you leave us. Like, I realize that's not how it works for everybody, but... Um, it's kind of... A lot would say, like, old-fashioned thinking, but I don't it's think It's a little bit old-fashioned, right? No, I don't think it's old-fashioned. It's just comfort. Like, I am positive when your brother's 18, getting married or not, I'll be like, man, it is time for you to get a good job, enough to buy yourself an apartment at least. <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> okay, but, like, for my girls leaving, there's a little bit of comfort knowing that you're not just going to go be by yourself. And, and uh, I do... So it's not like I didn't ever want you to meet anybody, but you were only 15. And I was thinking like 18 or 19. Actually, I just instilled a new rule that um, daughters have to be 18 before they can start dating. And the sons... Is this really a rule? Yeah, I just made a new rule. No! Your your sisters were going to wake you up in the middle of the night with silly string or something to thank you for this new rule. No, it's probably not really a rule, but I'm highly recommended. And then, but for the boys, I told them that they have to have $5,000 in the bank before they can start dating. Which leads us to the next part of this discussion is things that we've talked about in the past. That when you are dating, you're giving another person part of your heart and part of who you are. And we've always encouraged you that if you're going to be in a relationship and you know it's not somebody that you're going to marry, that you get out of that relationship as quickly as possible. Because because you're messing with their heart, you're messing with your heart, you're, you're, you're messing with the heart of the person that you actually are going to marry because you've given away part of yourself. It's like this. It's like this piece of paper, okay? So I have this full sheet of paper. Oh, she's going to give you guys the talk. I'm going to give you the talk. Here's the talk. And let's say that um, I'm going to date this guy. And, you know, I just date him for a little bit, but I give him this little piece of paper, okay? So I rip off part of my heart and give it to him. And I can't attach it back onto this paper. It doesn't work. But that relationship didn't work. So then I like, I don't know, I have this other, a little bit longer relationship. And I and I give him a little bit bigger part of my heart. And then that doesn't work. So then I'm like, here I am. I have like three quarters of a heart left. But I meet this really nice guy. So I give him a lot of me. And I give him a good half of my heart. But that relationship doesn't work. And then I have like a quarter of my heart left. And then I meet this guy, and then I, like, give him more of my heart. And then that doesn't work. And then I get to the guy that God has prepared for me, and I have, like, an eighth of my heart left. And that's the gift I have to give him instead of my whole heart. So we've always encouraged you guys to not mess around with your hearts. And, I mean, this can be talking about purity and um, saying a virgin and stuff before sex, but it's bigger than that because it's it's your heart, and your heart doesn't come back like once you give part of it away it doesn't come back so we want you guys to have whole hearts to give to your spouses someday i mean god can restore your heart he can rest yes he can restore your heart but he can't take away your experiences and he won't like true they are what they are and they make you who they make you but um at this moment in your life your dad is the protector of your heart and the guardian of your heart 
and he has the key to your heart, actually, physically. We actually made a heart that it says Rachel on it, and there's a key on it that Dad has the key to your heart. And so we want to keep that heart as safe as what we can and protected as much as what we can until it's time for you to get married and give your heart to somebody else. Does that make sense? Yes, and I've known that. Like, I, I've, I've seen the heart hearing like, I'd say 50 times, and Stephen has seen his fair share as well. Right. We, I believe he we saw understand. that one the first night he was here. Actually, he did, I believe. Yep. He, uh, he was a supporter of it. He, like, dragged Matthew, his little brother, over here to <laughs> yes, see Yes, I remember that. To see and to make heart. a list of what you're looking for in a girl. Yes. Or a guy. To know maybe a list that you... It's very prayerfully considered, so it's not just lust and not just infatuation. Right. That was one of the things that you raised us doing was, like... The same thing, like the whole youth group that you were in, we would make these lists of what we were looking for in a guy, and and that way, like when you get to this point that we're going to talk about, like how your kind of how your brain changes and how your thoughts change and how your life changes when you meet this guy, you have this paper and it's written down. It's like just like a kind of like a prayerful contract you've made with God, saying this is what I think you, this is what you want from me, God, and this is what I'm looking for, and this is what I need. That way you can compare it and try to look realistically, and maybe people around you can too if your vision's a little clouded. Right, because let's talk about this. You met this guy, and the world around you became obsolete. Like, it's like your brain just shut off. All reasonableness, all timeliness, all, like, um, uh, what do you mean cause and effect, like... All these things that this responsible girl just became not important. From my point of view, it was like the world gone. Rachel and Stephen and your eyes could just each other all day long. Like just like that was all we there was. We would just sit and stare at each other. Yes, day. you would. And so when you met this boy, your brain shut off. To anything else. There was not room. Stephen took up so much room in your brain that even as a girl, and girls multitask like crazy, you couldn't, you had no room for anything else in your brain. Well, I would like to, to take that exaggeration off a little bit. I mean, I was still getting all A's in college as a 15 year old. I was going to school. I was doing all of that. I, I mean, I was still being a sister. I still was... Someone. Should we bring in the younger siblings <laughs> to see what their opinion is on that? <laughs> Maybe interview them one at a time. No, I, I mean, yes, I agree with you. My my entire focus was on Steven and, like, kind of just, like, I don't know, just being with him. But also, I mean, I still functioned. Right, you, like, brushed your teeth and stuff. So you would smell nice for him, I think. Put the other one in. Yeah. Did your hair. I probably did my hair more after I yeah, met that's him. True. Much more. I stopped yeah. wearing my retainer. Oh, yeah. You stopped. Because that would be ridiculous if a boyfriend saw you wearing your retainer. <laughs> now I don't care what he sees me. Like, what I look like <laughs> when he sees me. Maybe still a little bit. I mean, maybe. I'll, like, I get dressed up. But. Okay. Usually I do. I do hope that, um, that one concern I have, a big concern I have is, um, Maybe meeting him so young. And I can't really talk. I married your dad two weeks after high school, and it's been amazing. So I, I, I say this with caution. Um, but I want to make sure that you and God have figured out who you are. And I know that that's going to take all of your life anyways. But I'm a little bit um, cautious that you 
can become who you need to be before you go into a marriage. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, and I think that's important, too, and I agree with that. I also, like, I have confidence that this is what God wants for me. Like, I know we've had some struggles over the past year, some tough things that have made you feel like, I don't know, what, like, that Stephen was the cause, but... Oh, yeah, I blame everything on Stephen. I, I know you do. But I put this my relationship with Stephen in God's hands from, from the very beginning. And so, like, everything that has come from that, like, I knew that I couldn't, like, at the beginning, I knew that I couldn't take care of that. Like, this was something too big for me to control, for me to handle. Like, all the emotions in there, like, I, I was freaking out. I was like, God, I, I have no control over this. You have to do this. And so, I know that this is what... That's why I go into it with confidence. Like, that's why I want to marry him. That's why I'm comfortable marrying him as young as I am because I know that this is what God wants. Even though I don't, I don't know how, how we're gonna like. I don't know how our dreams will end up working together. How our lives are gonna be. But I, I know that he's the one I want to work with. Has there been any be point in your relationship that you felt God asking you to back off? Like to back off from. Um, just to let the relationship slow down a little bit. I don't know if it's slow down as much as, like... Stop? No, as much as, like... I don't know. I think, you know, we've built this relationship when we have a strong friendship, and now we're kind of branching off of that, like, learning new things. And I think this is, like, this is getting a little past that that brain center, that, like, brain dead that you're, we're talking about, like, being stuck on him, like, because at this point, we're, we're experiencing a lot of, like, like, friendships growing, like, how do we, how do we work with two families, how do we mix two families, how do we appease two families, like, and then also, like, learning to, to communicate. But in this case, he still has to appease his family, and you still have to appease your family. You're not a combined unit at this point. Right. But, I mean, we're going to be eventually, and it's already, like, I mean, like, couples, even before they're married, like, if when, we, when we're together at each other's houses, like, we have to balance that and learn how to communicate. Even before we're married, that's important. Right. Yeah, for sure. And, so, like, learn how to support each other with our jobs and stuff, and... And I, so I think, like, I think that as we're coming through that brain setness. You think you're coming through that brain? Like your brain is turning back on and the world does not just even? I definitely think so, don't you? Like, but I'm seeing so many more places and things that we have to work on. But, like, but it's such a bigger feeling. Like, it's so much, such a greater feeling than, like, just the, like, Totally being in love, like everything's perfect. To like, to like realizing that sometimes we're upset with each other, but we can talk through it. We can work through it, and just like I don't know, choosing to keep building the relationship when I don't want to agree that he's right. Like that's hereditary. Yeah, I know. I watch you and Dad like have the same arguments that we'll have like <laughs> a couple weeks later. <laughs> Does he treat you like a princess? That's pretty important to me. 
He definitely treats me like a princess. Because your dad treats me like a princess. Like, he will only tell me no when he has no other choice. And that's been very few times in my marriage. Yes, absolutely. He treats me like a princess. He doesn't... I don't know. He... He definitely treats me like a princess, and I wish he would tell me more sometimes because I feel bad, like, like, taking me out to dinner and stuff, like, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but yes. You feel bad when he takes you out for dinner? No. I just, like, he'll pay for everything, it's and then. job. I know. He's, he's supposed to. You don't ever have and to feel does, bad about it. And he does, and he opens every door for me, and That was a requirement. If he wanted to date you, he had to open every door for you. But you get when what he came saying. and asked us, we made Stephen come and ask us if he could date you first, or kind of like court you, but date you. And um, we probably were a little more lenient on that than we should have been. Like, we originally had rules that you could only go out twice a month or something. I think that lasted like a month, maybe. I don't even know. And why? That you always why had do you to need have to be sibling. more lenient on it? Why do I need to be more lenient? Or why did you need to be more strict on it? I don't know, just to keep it slowed down a little bit. People get married six months after. Not when you're 15. I read a story about this girl who's like. Was it a true story? Yes. It was. I'm um, doing this Bible study. This okay, girl. so during Bible times. Or in a different country. No, she was here. Okay. It was, um, it's, what book is it? Seven women every Christian should know. No, no. Let me think. What book no, is it? No, you don't it? even know. Oh, it's, uh, Help Me. Okay. Have you read that? I have. So you know her story? Yeah, I know her story. How she, like... They were young. They Yeah, but, Rachel, that was 50 years ago at this point. It was different. What's different about now? I don't know. You don't know? I don't know. I'm the so mom. as you can see, now, this is a very I'm contradictory topic <laughs> for us. But I think our focus wanted to be on how how our brains can change. And I think... No, this is this good. coming back. First, I want to encourage any other parent out there that their brain cells really do die when they meet somebody. That is opposite. not true. That is scientifically proven. No, they're yes, like refocused. The, the, the sensors to be able to connect to each other, the synapses or something, there's there's documentation that it, that stretches it and they can't reach each other and the connections can't meet. It can't meet. This is scientific. That this really happens about 15 anyways, but... Uh, oh, oh, so this is just, like, growing up. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, don't trust mom's science facts. Well, it was a good timing, so, so, and you're, um, you're recovering from this now. You're starting to maybe... Right, so there is light at the end of the tunnel. You see that in how I'm working, how I'm branching out. Right, right, and that you're understanding that the only relationship, you don't need to only have a relationship with Stephen, it would be healthy to have relationships with... With other people as well. Definitely. Both as a couple and as an individual. Yes, I see that. Excellent. Um, but so... So what? What? So what? Oh my goodness. What, are you finishing up here? No, no. I think... But I think we need to, to kind of explain... Because we have experienced it, so I think, like, we should explain how how the brain does refocus. Like... It kind of comes like instantaneously, like, like we started talking. You know, you know. In my book, it was not instant at all. If can, are you, can, is there a moment where you think your brain started refocusing, like thinking about him all the time? Yeah. As soon as I met him, 
I understand that your brain went to thinking about him immediately when you met him all the time. But you're telling me that it, it, it instantly at a moment in time you can tell me when it changed? When it changed to being focused on him? To not being focused on him all the time. Oh, no. I'm talking about this time that being focused on him. Oh, yeah. That's instant. For sure. That's, what, that's, that's like what, I went away on a vacation. Is, I left you with your grandma and your grandpa and your dad. And I came back and you were like gone. Your body was there. You were still wearing your clothes and you looked the same. But your mind was gone. Instant. Instant gone. And then there was this boy who was constantly at my house. And my grocery bill went up. It did not. <laughs> not that. It did not. I think it did. He wasn't here that much at first. Okay, so not the first month, but the second month. By, like, October, he was pretty much here every day after school doing homework. Yes. So you're saying, what you're saying is, is that we are encouraging parents and encouraging others that this is a natural stage of growing up. And there's not really anything you can do about it. Like, I would say there's a few things. You can, you can, when your kids are young, like, even, like, four and five you cannot let them play that they're getting married and kissing girlfriends and having that kind of stuff you can start from when they're little of of talking to them about protecting their heart and guarding their heart for their spouse but i'm talking about this like the the like initial like love feeling yeah it's not really like the love that like you and dad have it's the it's like it's like a lot of formal it's like a lot of it's a chemical thing. You're right. I'm sure there is a scientific... It's definitely a chemical thing. And, um... So, like, there's not really anything you can do about it. So, like, what I'm saying is, like... Like, it's gonna happen. Like, I watched Clay and Luann Lewis have this and then get married before they had gotten through it and have all those struggles. Like, like even, what, 60-year-olds have the same thing when they fall in love. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, it's not really something avoidable, but it's something that... You'll get through, but it's also something that you're going to have to approach, especially as a parent. Like, yeah, it's you're going to have to dig in and not give up. Right, you're going to have to keep loving them. And, and keep being very creative on ways to help them to get through this. But I don't, you shouldn't. Or just don't let them date, I guess. You shouldn't, my mom is also a great example of what not to do sometimes. Like yeah. her, her throw out ideas here, like not letting them date taking away their time seeing each other because that is ultimately what you absolutely do not want to do is push them that would push them away okay from but kind of sometimes some of that stuff has to happen when it's not a healthy relationship yes and maybe it's not a healthy relationship but you're going to want to work with them to get them to that conclusion because if you set that rule they're gonna they're gonna pick an enemy and it's probably not going to be the guy probably not right but sometimes the moms are going to have to take that and be the enemy and but it, but almost a hundred percent of the time, and I've seen you've seen this, you've seen this. If you decide to be the enemy, if you go about it wrong, it's going to do the opposite of what you're hoping to do. It's going to do the opposite of protecting them and lead them into more danger. Um, unless there's some very. What about um, with your sister? Did what your parents do protect her more, or did it send her away? That sent her away. And that's. That's what I've seen in all, all of the, that circumstances. But there are some situations, especially when it's the oldest kid, that um, things can't be allowed to happen. And so the enemy's stance has to be taken. Does that make sense? Right. But but I think what you want to do... So, right, like what you're saying, you need... Before that, you need to train them up. And then when you get to that point... Yes. You have to... This starts from 
birth. You have to, you have to handle in a way that, yes, sets boundaries. Yes, sets, like, rules, but also gives them a chance, I don't know, to participate in it and to also, like, still feel your love. Like, I know that, like, if you would, you guys would have pushed me away in that time and when I was so, like, infatuated with Steven, like, I would have just I tried to push Steven shut away. down you guys. I know. Tried to test him out, make sure he could handle it. So obviously, I'm not the biggest enemy at this point because you're still here. Yes, I've learned to work with you. (laughs) Even when it gets heated. Yes. (laughs) Even right this moment. I like Stephen. Don't get me wrong. I like him. I, I think that um, he has great potential. I think he does too. I'm just scared as the mom to have you go out so young when I'm not sure that you're healthy enough and ready for it. So um, there's some reservations that we have. But like you said, that your brain is turning back on and you're getting through. Right. And maybe I'll never be completely over my problem, but I think I can still do good in the world and I can still love. And I, I think so, unless he's causing the problems. Yeah. I don't think he's causing I think he's a good guy, too. Well, good. I would hope that you wouldn't hang out with him if you didn't think he I was. I wouldn't be engaged to him if, if I didn't was, like, think he was, like, controlling or abusive or... No. Because, yeah, um, I don't want you to have to be in there. Forever. Sometimes he wants to be too, uh... How do I say this? He's, like... I'm, like, some... I'm I'm a lot like you in the ways of, like... I'd, like, live in a car in, like, inner city and just, like, work with homeless people all the time. And he's, like... Like, I told him, I was like, we should we should live in downtown Grand Rapids, like, in a bad part of town, so we can, like, have a mission there. And he goes, we can work there, and we can we can work with those people, but I don't want us to live there. I, I want to go to work knowing that you're safe. And I was like, oh, <laughs> why? Right. I, I'm it's safe. A, it's okay I can if take you're not care safe every day, as long as you know where you're going. And, and, and I'll be general. like, we don't need jobs. We can just We can just go out and do all this crazy stuff. And he's like... I want you to have a roof over your head. I'm going to work. I want us to have health insurance. and. Well, that makes me proud of him to know that he can put yes. his foot down he, a little bit. He is definitely good. I'm an awful follower. And I think that's another topic, too. Is Right. We don't raise followers in this family. That's for sure. But sometimes I it's, think it's okay to you know have to when to do that. Right. Especially if you're going to marry someone. I suppose so. Well, you can um, definitely see that this specific topic is kind of a heated one in this house, and it's one that's been getting a lot of attention, and it's it's one that's so hard to step into because um, I've decided people don't write books for this stage of parenting because you'd have to write a separate book for every kid. So a lot of prayer it's taken, a lot of prayer, a lot of talking to people who've been through it before us, a lot of talking between mom and dad and between, with Rachel and a lot of talking, a lot of talking, a lot of praying, and uh, and then just holding on, I guess, and knowing that she's going to get through this stage. And... <laughs> and I mean, if you go about it right, and if you raise them upright, and if you put your time and love into them, then I think you can, you can be confident that, or, you know, you can have the trust, especially if you give it to God, that, that he's going to lead them to the right person, and that that this time can be a beautiful time for them. And I I enjoyed that. I, I mean, I still enjoy it, but, like, 
I know it was a rough time for like me as a sister, but with him it was a just that change in my life was a good was a good time for me. Welcome. Okay, I think we should probably wrap it up. This is a long one. Yeah, thank you for listening. See you next time.